your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to the Locked On Blues Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network and your number one source for daily Blues content. I'm Josh Hyman. And I'm Thomas Welch. We got a fun episode for you guys today after yesterday's episode was a little bit painful. Uh, had some tough conversations. Got a variety of topics to cover today, starting first and foremost with the continuing Jacob Chickering trade rumors uh, and the fact that the Florida Panthers have emerged as the front runner. We'll be talking about whether or not the Blues can beat out whatever package they might be throwing uh, at Arizona. Moving on from that, we'll be talking about the return of Pavel, Pavel Buchnevich into the lineup and then the immediate departure of Pavel Buchnevich from the lineup uh, as he will not be able to play against the Vancouver Canucks, but he will play tonight against the Seattle Kraken, and they will be closing things out with a preview of tonight's late, late game between the St. Louis Blues and Seattle Kraken. But first, wanted to thank anyone and everyone out there for making Locked On Blues your first listen every day. We are free and available on all podcast platforms. Now, Tommy, it was reported today by Elliot Friedman that there are a few teams in the mix for Jacob Chikorin. One of them is the St. Louis Blues. However, he reported that the Florida Panthers will be making a very, very, very hard push to acquire Jacob Chikorin. Um, and it comes down to two things. You know, if you're the St. Louis Blues, do you want to get into a arms race for a guy like Jacob Chikorin where the price is just going to get inflated, inflated and, you know, more inflated? And B, if it's true that they want a goalie, how the heck do you beat the Florida Panthers offering them Spencer Knight, their 20-year-old recent, you know, top 20 draft pick, I want to say. You know, they got Bobrovsky locked up for another five years. It would make a lot of sense for them to send Spencer Knight uh, back Arizona's way. How do you beat that if you're the Blues? And is it worth it? So I think that's the question you got to ask yourself at home, right? It's like, how do you beat a Florida Panthers deal that consists of Spencer Knight? If you're a Florida Panthers fan, I think the question you got to ask yourself at home is, how bad do we need Jacob Chikrin and do we want to give up Spencer Knight? Because as good as Bobrovsky's been this season, if you look back to last season, it wasn't nearly as effective. Uh, and like you said, having that massive contract kind of looming over you as a dark cloud, uh, you'd like to see some consistency there. So for maybe like a couple of years, I think it would benefit them to keep Spencer Knight around. Um, but I think that's going to be the asking cost from uh, Arizona is Spencer Knight. I feel like they're looking for goalies. Uh, and I think that's why we've thrown Vili Huso's name in the bucket there. So, and you take a look at their defense right now, Mackenzie Weger and Aaron Ekblad. Ekblad's having a, a quiet Norris campaign this season. So I, I think when you take those things into consideration, I don't know. I know the report for, from 32 Thoughts said that uh, that they'll be making a strong push for Chikrin. Obviously, he's going to move the needle a lot for this team. Um, and give them a ton of te- ton of depth defensively. I just don't know if if I'm a fan of the Florida Panthers, if I'd be willing to give up Spencer Knight as the centerpiece for that trade. That seems like for a team that's firing on all cylinders right now without Chikrin and doing well defensively right now without Chikrin and has Bobrovsky in that, I don't know if you need to add Chikrin that bad that Spencer Knight is the piece you're willing to give up, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think there's definitely some some legitimacy to that. But then the flip side is, you know, we've kind of seen the emergence of the super team in the NHL with Tampa's recent success, you know, and if, if I'm the Florida Panthers and I'm, you know, I'm saying we've had this really, really strong season and we have the opportunity to make our defense 
on par with that of the Tampa Bay Lightning. And, you know, it's only going to – it would definitely hurt to give up a guy like Spencer Knight who's 20 years old, already playing NHL minutes. Sure, he's struggling, but, again, he's 20 years old, um, one of the most hype goalie prospects we've had in a long time. It might be worth it to say, you know what, Bobrovsky's probably going to be, hopefully, you know, at his peak for the remainder of his five-year contract. Again, he's 33, so with goalie timelines, he could very well stay that strong and be that you know elite elite goaltender throughout the remainder of his contract but the flip side of that is he was very inconsistent last season um and if you get that version of Sergei Bobrovsky then that's definitely a huge gamble but if you're the Florida Panthers you have the opportunity to make your team into a absolute juggernaut without sacrificing a ton of your everyday roster with Spencer Knight being your backup it's if you're you know if I'm Florida Panthers and I think that you know, we can compete for a Stanley Cup this year, next year, the year after that with Sergei Bobrovsky at the starter. I would I would pull the trigger, you know, because when Spencer Knight's the starting goalie, the core of that team is going to look different, you know, it's, unless they trade Bobrovsky. Spencer Knight's got a long ways to go before he's the starter of that team. That's true. But then you also look at, and we talk about the Blues being one of the deepest teams in the NHL, right? Florida Panthers are as deep as they come. You've got Huberdo, who's just playing absolutely out of his mind this season, already up to 15 goals, has 54 points. Aaron Ekblad has 10 goals as a D-man, 35 points. Reinhardt's having a great season. Verhage's having a great season. And Barkov has been in and out of the lineup, dealt with a little bit of injuries, but when he's been in the lineup, he's been tearing it up too. So as much as I feel like the weak part of this Florida Panthers team is their defense. It's not because their defense sucks. It's because their goaltending they're getting is top notch. I mean, Bobrovsky could very well make a push for the Vesna, the way he's playing right now. Uh, and their offense is probably one of, if not the best offenses in the league in terms of rolling four lines and getting scoring from all of them. So, like I said, I think defense is the weakest part of their game right now, but it's not because they're awful. It's because they're stacked everywhere else. So, like we're talking about, I don't know. I don't know if Spencer Knight moving him and uh, the question marks that surround Bobrovsky in that contract. I don't know, man. I'd be, I'd be a little bit timid if I was the owner of the Florida Panthers, and I think timidness uh, is what keeps trades from happening. And as we know with Doug Armstrong, he is he's a lot of things, but timid is not one of them. So yeah, I think I, I if think... the team was more likely to pull the trigger, I'd take the St. Louis Blues. But I've been wrong before plenty of times. So. Right. Yeah, I think I think it's really going to come down to, you know, just how the situation develops. If it turns into a bidding war and arms race, we know Doug Armstrong doesn't do that. He will not over he will not overpay in a trade simply because another team also wants to make the trade. He won't do that. So I think it comes down to two things. If it's true that the Florida Panthers are the front runner and with how much depth they have and the prospect pool that they have, you're not, you're not beating the Florida Panthers trade offer. The only way you're beating the Florida Panthers trade offer is if you overpay and Doug Armstrong will not do that. So if the 32 thoughts uh, report is true and the Panthers are going to be making their hardest push, blues aren't getting uh, Jacob Shikrin. If that's not true. And like you said, Tommy, they feel comfortable standing pat with the roster that they have. And it's sort of just a, you know, a, a mix of the rest of the teams, then we could see Jacob Schickler in the blue note. But we're just going to have to stay tuned, follow it closely, and uh, see how the situation develops because it's changing pretty rapidly here, you know. Um, but speaking of uh, rapid changes, a very valuable piece is being added into the Blues lineup tonight uh, and then removed from the Blues lineup a few days later because he can't cross the border into Canada. And that is Pavel Buchnevis. So we'll be talking all about that, his return, and more 
when we come back. But first, I wanted to give a shout out to our good friends over at Built Bar. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. You might want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. By week three, you might be thinking, this is just not worth it. Where's the chocolate? You know, we all got a sweet tooth, and sometimes you go without you go without it for too long, it gets a little annoying. But the good news is Built Bars are covered in 100% chocolate and they're good for you too. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of net sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a normal candy bar that has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Plus, there's so many flavors to choose from. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many, many more. In fact, Built is always coming out with new limited time flavors, so make sure you check Built.com often to see what's new. And while you're there, use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com, and we'll be right back. All right, Tommy. So the Blues have had lots of success on offense this season. There have been a resurgence from multiple players, including... Some of the Russians on the St. Louis Blues, probably the two most surprising performances this year have come from Ivan Barbashev and Vladimir Tarasenko. And both of those performances, I think, are due to the play of Pavel Buchnevich. Uh, I've said it before, I think he might be the most valuable player on this team, you know, all things considered in terms of not just his play, but the way that he drives, you know, the play of his teammates, his line mates, makes everyone around him better. Uh, just inspires a, a style of play that has rubbed off on the St. Louis Blues and worked really, really well. But out of the lineup, and you could definitely tell that the offense was lacking a little bit of passion, a little bit of flame. They were still you know, playing well, but I'm so stoked to get him back in the lineup. Before we get into the weird situation of him not being able to play, what do you expect to see out of him tonight against the Seattle Kraken? I'm expecting a big game, to be honest. I think um, the last game before Buchnevich entered COVID protocol, he scored the game-winning goal, if I'm not mistaken. So... Obviously, the guy was uh, feeling terrible and needed the rest that COVID protocol gave him. But I think more likely he was itching to get back in the lineup, uh, much like a lot of these players are talking about. When they return to the lineup and the reporters are asking them questions, they're like, yeah, you hate like sitting on the bench watching the boys go to work without you. Um, I think he's going to dip into that and have a big game tonight. But it's interesting that you you say he's probably MVP of the team this season. I think... He's definitely one of them, but if I were to pick it, I would go with Ivan Barbashev, and that's interesting as well because I've been looking at a lot of comments on Facebook lately, uh, and one of the comments I saw in the lounge said that Ivan Barbashev is only having a good season, not only having a good season, but he's having a career year because he's benefiting from uh, the offensive power of Pavel Buchnevich and Tarasenko, which I think to some degree is true. I think, I think, it's, like, I think it sparked his performance, but he's hasn't spent... You know, he's only spent like half his time with those two. So right, I think obviously anytime you play, you play with more skilled players than typically what he's been playing with in the bottom six. You're going to have more success, right? But that being said, I don't think Buchnevich and Tarasenko are necessarily driving the energy on that line as much as Tarasenko and Buchnevich are offensive powerhouses. Um, the guy who stands out to you in every single zone and gives 110% in every single zone identity of the St. Louis Blues and uh, what what it means and what that play style means and fits perfectly into the system and does exactly what Craig Bruby asked. I feel like that guy is Ivan Barbashev. So it's like when Dexter Fowler was with the Cardinals, the season before or 
couple years before, whatever it was, he was with the he was with the Cubs, and uh, they had this kind of phrase because he was the he was the leadoff guy, and it was like we go as you go. I think was what they were doing. I feel like with the Blues, they go as Ivan Barbashev goes, and he's he hasn't really taken <laughs> a game off this entire season, and so I think that's been a big part of the success of that Russian line is not only, like I said, the offensive power of Buchnevich and Tarasenko, but what Ivan Barbashev brings to this team and the energy he brings to that line and the accountability too, because as much as we love Tarasenko and the, the scoring potential that he brings, we've definitely seen times where he just kind of shells it out on defense and doesn't give 110%. Right. And I think having Barbashev on the same line as him holds him accountable to see him, see Barbie working his tail off. Tarasenko's like, well, I can't, I can't just, you know, 50% it because Barbie's my guy. For one, I got to go work for two. And three, <laughs> it's going to make me look bad and de- decrease my trade value. Um, so I think all, the, all those things combined are, are a big reason why I think Barbashev is the MVP over Buchnevich. But that Russian line, uh, it's great to see that back in action. I think it's going to be lethal for the Blues tonight. Yeah, I think there's definitely an argument there um, for Barbashev. Um, but <laughs> we're going to get a pretty good idea of what this lineup looks like with and without Pavel Buchnevich. I'm going to try my best to explain the situation. I read the article. I still don't have 100% grasp on it. So Pavel Buchnevich has cleared COVID protocols uh, based on the NHL's rules. So he will be able to play tonight in seattle however the st louis blues are traveling over the border into vancouver for sunday's game and canada's rules not anything to do with the nhl but the government mandates are that you have to have 10 days clear from like your last positive test or something at that time pavel buchnevich will only be nine days clear so he will not be able to travel to canada but that's why he can play against vancouver so Sunday they play in Vancouver. He will not be able to play because that will be nine. I thought he could play Vancouver. No, he cannot play in Vancouver, but he can play the next day in Calgary. Oh, okay, okay, that that makes sense. Yeah, That's so, so weird, though. it is really weird. So Sunday is he's not eligible, and then a day later <laughs> he is. So Pavel Buchnevich is going to have a long, lonely flight to That's Calgary. Be rough. He's gonna be <laughs> playing that? cards on the plane by himself. <laughs> he's gonna like sw- bring a switch. mannequin along. He's gonna go like, over to the other, other side of the table and make a deal, and then go back to his seat. And yeah, it's 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 a weird situation. Um, but like I said, it's it's gonna be interesting to see, you know, how the lineup looks with and without him. Um, that being said, it's probably gonna take a few games for him to get back back up to full speed. You know, we saw that after his suspension, it took him three or four games before he was playing at his peak, and you know going into tonight's game against Seattle and then sitting out a night and then coming back and playing the next night. It's going to be a bumpy road for him for sure. Um, I don't jet lag. Too. Yeah. I don't think we have the lines yet. I might be wrong. Um, they had the, they ran the, the same two at okay. practice. Okay. Yeah. Two days or they ran the same ones at practice two days in a row. So it was Shen O'Reilly Perron up top on the first line, Buchnevich, Barbashev, Tarasenko, Brandon Saad, Robert Thomas, Jordan Cairo on the third line. And then Clem Costin, Tyler Bozak, and Sonny on the fourth line. Defensive pairings, just the same. Mikula, Pareko, Krug, Falk, Scandella, Pertuzzo. Uh, and then obviously, Billy Huso is going to start. No, I thought we don't know. 
four hours ago they said that Husa was off the ice first, so I think ah, uh, so we do he's know. getting a start. Okay, yeah. so uh, more fuel for that fire. We're gonna talk. We'll talk about that. Billy Husa getting the start. Pavel Buchnevich's return and more when we preview the Seattle Kraken, St. Louis Blues game in the third segment. But first. I want to give a word from Bet Online. If you think that Pavel Buchnevich is going to tear it up tonight in his return, or if you think like Tommy that Ivan Barbashev is the MVP and you think that he's going to even elevate his performance the rest of the year, you should put your money Conn where Smythe. your mouth is. Conn, there you go. Wow, that would definitely be a good way of putting your money where your mouth Some is. Some great odds right there. BetOnline.ag. BetOnline would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts, and we'll be right back. All right, Tommy. So it is currently 8.24 Eastern Time, 7.24 Central Time, and something else, Seattle Time. Um, It's going to be a late one for the Blues tonight, 10 o'clock my time. Nine o'clock your time, and I'm not going to guess Seattle again because I got it wrong the first time. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, late night start for the St. Louis Blues. Um, you know, going to be playing to till midnight for me. Uh, I'm excited for it. I'm excited to see you know the Blues in in Seattle's arena. Um, excited to see Pavel Buchnevich return to the lineup. You know, but even though Seattle's been poor, even though we had a pretty easy victory against them last time, no game is easy in the NHL. We throw the words trap game around a lot here on this podcast. So what do the Blues need to do to make sure they don't fall into the trap of playing a easy opponent on the road late at night? Well, if you remember last time, Josh, uh, we were talking about how the Seattle Kraken never score first against opponents. And of course, against the St. Louis Blues, that's exactly what they did and scored first. The Blues didn't actually score until the third period uh, when they potted two of them, ended up winning two to one. So I think it's big for the Blues to score first, not only score first, but get ahead and get a lead and not sit on it. Because like you said, I feel like the Blues, there's been times maybe when we lost to the Arizona Coyotes that the Blues play down to their uh, opponent's talent level. And they've also, as we've talked about on this podcast, don't have the best record in away games this season. So I think it's an opportunity. And along alongside that, Billy Huso, um, I think he's played eight, home games this season and won seven of them and he's played 10 games total so I think this is a good test too for Billy Huso to see uh, how how he does in uh, opponent environments and maybe that's why they gave him the start because we were talking about this might be a good bounce back game for Jordan Bennington to get some confidence against a weaker Kraken team but Billy Huso's back in net supposedly so first of all yeah if Billy Huso being back in net you know that tells you all you need to know about the Blues uh, goalie situation, right? Yeah. Because yeah. they didn't rotate. As of right now, as of this last week, Philly Huso is the starter. Whether that's a long-term thing, who knows? But definitely something Not to hand, chew on. Baby. Definitely something to chew on. A lot of people are making comparisons to Philly Huso season right now to Jordan Bennington when he got called up in the hot streak that he went on. A little different. A little different, but the stats both look also good. Also a little the same. A little the same, yeah. So I'm... As as much as I <laughs> down talked Billy Huso in the last episode, I, I do agree with you guys that 
playing the hot hand is the right move here. And Billy uh, Huso has been scalding hot. So ride him until the temperature cools down. And who knows how long that's going to last. But like we said, this is a confidence game to build confidence against a Seattle Kraken team that hasn't had a lot of success this season, doesn't score the first goal of the game a lot of times. So that should make the Blues feel a little bit better about getting the first goal of the game um, and see how Billy Huso does in an opponent's rink because we've got a small sample of that so far. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, and, and one thing I think is important to note as well about you know Jordan Biddington and his confidence and his play level. Uh, the last time Jordan Biddington was doubted by his organization and you know demoted was right before he got called up and went on a Stanley Cup run. Ever since then, he's been pegged as the starter. He's been looked at as, you know, the guy. He hasn't had a moment of controversy. He hasn't had a single moment of, hey, your job might be a little bit in jeopardy, you know? And we saw how he responded the last time this happened. Um, So maybe he got a little comfortable. Maybe he got a little complacent and kind of lost a little bit of that fire that, you know, got him to his peak in that first season. So I think that this can only be a good thing for the long-term success of the St. Louis Blues because the I mean the worst case scenario is both of them struggle but I don't think that's realistic the worst case scenario you know if you're a Jordan Bennington fan is Billy Huso steals the spot like goes on a run and plays phenomenal hockey for the St. Louis Blues down the stretch that would suck it would it would it would would, (laughs) I mean it would suck in the sense that it would complicate things you'd have to make some difficult decisions once once the season ended or the best case scenario is this lights a fire under Jordan Bennington and he says wait a minute no this this is my job I, I'm taking that back. And he comes in and he, you know, plays with the confidence and the the swagger that we saw when he initially got called up. So like I said, when the whole Billy Huso trading situation came up on this podcast, it's a very, very good situation. The blues are in right now that they're not, they don't have a goalie controversy because both their goalies suck. They have goalie controversy because both their goalies are pretty good. And the one that you expected to be less good is playing phenomenally. So it's it's definitely something that, you know, you hope that Jordan Bennington doesn't have any ill will, bitter feelings, and is gonna get grouchy, but I don't I don't see that. He's a guy that bets on himself and he knows what he's capable of. And if I'm Jordan Bennington, I'm just eager at that next chance to come in and prove my worth. And then if he comes in and he plays well, then you got two goalies who are playing starter quality hockey. So I have seen a lot of people that are like well, trade Bennington while his value is high and no, <laughs> listen, we're, t- we're just, Hey, Hey, <laughs> we're trying to make it to a Stanley cup. I understand everybody's throwing out ideas. We're doing the same thing, getting lambasted on Twitter by other people for suggesting that we trade Billy Huso. I get it. Everybody has different opinions, right? For me, the reason why trading Jordan Bennington doesn't make a whole lot of sense is well, one, he won you a Stanley cup. Blue- Doug Armstrong doesn't really care about that. As we saw with Alex Petrangelo, they'll ship anybody out of here fast. If the deal is right or isn't right. That being said, I think if you look at the numbers and look at the situation that the Blues have in goaltending, you're spending $6 million on a guy's contract, especially with Doug Armstrong, because we know that he doesn't love to give out a whole bunch of money. And even though that's not a ton of money when it comes to goaltending, I'm sure that's more than he wants to spend, right? So that leads me to believe that he thinks Jordan Bennington and the scenario that he was in was not set up for a 1A, 1B type of thing, right? So... And obviously that's what we have right now because Billy Huso is playing out of his mind. But I think moving forward, I don't know. I, I get a lot of people saying to make it through like a Stanley Cup run, you need two solidified goalies. 
I just don't know if I agree with that. If you have a one, if you have a number one and you've got a backup and like your your number one gets hurt, right? And you get knocked out of the playoffs. No one's going to come burn your house down and say, how could you not have a backup plan to Jordan Bennington blowing out his femur from a collision that we should have forecast? You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> if, if a guy gets hurt, like a goalie that has such an impact on your team, like Bobrovsky goes down for Florida, they're screwed, right? Because Spencer Knight is just not ready, as we've seen. So I, I, as much as, as useful as it is to have Billy Huso waiting in the wings, I don't think it's necessary, especially if you can move him and bring in. Maybe it's not a one for one where you move Billy to a team that gives you a defenseman, but if you can move Billy to make room for a defenseman that brings in, I think that benefits this Blues team more. So that's the only reason that I'm saying trading Billy Huso makes sense. Now that being said, with the talent that we have in goaltending right now and the struggles that Jordan Bennington is facing and how well that Billy Huso is playing. If there's not a deal to be made there, don't move the guy. And if you can't bring in a defenseman, don't move the guy because you're going to need better goaltending and having that competition makes total sense. And I think that's just going to make both of those guys better. So that's kind of where my head's at there. I'm like, I, I hate to straddle the fence on this whole thing, but it's, I just, I'm just trying to throw my thoughts out there so people understand where my head's at, if that makes sense. Well, there have been three segments on today's episode, none of which started with us talking about the goalies, but all of which ended with us talking about the goalies. So if that doesn't tell you the state of the Blues and the Lockdown Blues podcast right now, I don't know what will. It has been a spicy few episodes with all this debate and stuff. Um, But yeah, we love covering it. It's been really exciting. But that being said, we are at the end of our time today and the end of our time this week as it is Friday. So we will see you guys again on Friday. Monday. But that being said, thanks everyone so much for listening. Make Who's sure your locked on player of the game? Oh, shit. give me a name. Uh, 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 Pavel Buchnevich. Braden Shen. Easy. Okay. All right. On Boom. No explanation. Another four point game. Go. Uh, Pavel Buchnevich. He's really good at hockey and he hasn't been playing hockey lately. So he probably wants to play hockey tonight. Um, Love it. And Russian Mafia. <laughs> that being said, that is all the time we have today. So make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. Subscribe to us on YouTube. That way you can watch our beautiful faces live in not HD, 720p. 720, like baby. Yeah, so HD. Sure. Uh, so hit that notification bell on YouTube. That way you can be one of the first to watch our episodes. Leave a comment. You know, we, we read all the comments. Not that there's been that many, but still, it's fun. Uh, we just reached uh, 100 subscribers recently, so love that. Hopefully, first of many milestones. Follow us on all of our socials, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Facebook. Follow me on Twitter. Oh, I missed. At Josh Hammond NHL. Follow Tommy on Twitter. At TWelcher15. Oh, first try, of course. And, yeah, thanks so much for listening. And, as always, let's go Blues.